0: common sense, honest conversation, and thought-provoking discussions thrive in a completely independent forum. This is the Roundup Podcast. Here now is your host, Jeff Eager. Hello and welcome to the Oregon Roundup Podcast. This is your host, Jeff Eager, recording this the afternoon of Thursday, August 24th from a somewhat less smoky Bend, Oregon than we've had recently recently. There was a hurricane, or the remnants of a hurricane, that soaked eastern Oregon. It didn't cause much in the way of rain in Bend, although I understand just east of Bend. It did, so tropical cyclone Hillary or post-tropical cyclone Hillary really didn't have a lot of effect. It actually made things smokier here in Bend. For a while, a few days ago, enough about the weather. Today, we're going to talk more about Measure 110. And this comes on the heels of the piece I wrote earlier this week about the resignation of Dr. Angela Carter, who had been hired by the Oregon Health Authority to implement Measure 110. She didn't have experience. She had been, it would appear, problematic in prior employment and continued to be problematic with the Oregon Health Authority which is consistent with the entire story of Measure 110, unfortunately. I talk about a spectacular failure in public policy. It just keeps, honestly, it just keeps getting worse. It's bad in terms of its effect, you know, the effect of the policy. And then once you dig in a little bit to how we got here, how the state has handled its implementation of Measure 110, the whole thing is, quite frankly, a joke, or as I called it in the piece, a farce, a fatal farce. Which brings me to today's subject, and that is a new poll that Emerson College Polling performed in Oregon recently about Measure 110. Emerson College Polling, you may recognize that name. They're a big national pollster. They run presidential polls. They're Pretty well respected. You may remember they actually pulled the Oregon governor's race back in October of 2022, showing Drazen, the Republican Christine Drazen, up by a few points over Kotek, and that's that was a poll that got my attention, got a lot of other people's attention about how serious the race was here in Oregon, and that a Republican might actually win. Of course, Drazen ended up not winning that, that race, but I don't think it was because, I don't think the polling was off. I think there was a shift toward KOTAC at the end for a n- number of reasons I've written about before, but that is to say it's a well-respected pollster. One thing to know about the poll is that it was funded by an organization called Foundation for Drug Policy Solutions which is a group that opposes hard drug decriminalization. I believe they also oppose legalization of cannabis. So the folks who funded the poll definitely have a stake in this debate, which is always something to be aware of when you're looking at a poll. However, I'm happy to talk about this poll because it's a good poll. A lot of times what you look for when an interested advocacy group funds a poll, is did they set up their questions in a way to come out with a desired result? That is not the case in this poll. They asked straightforward questions and got got the results from those questions. There was some polling done kind of early in the rollout of Measure 110 when it first kind of became clear to some of us that the rollout was not going well. In that. That polling was funded by groups that supported Measure 110. They did not ask the straight, do you support repeal or retention of Measure 110 question like this Emerson College poll does. Instead, they asked a question, something like, do you support punishing addicts or helping them recover from their addiction? which is of course not the real question before us and of course when you ask a question that way most people don't want to punish addicts they want to help them the question is how do you get them that help that they need and is measure 110 actually helping or is it hurting and the results of this poll which has a large sample size of 1000 respondents in Oregon that's a pretty big sample size for a poll a statewide poll in Oregon you know I'll encourage you to look at the results yourself look at the the way they've worded the questions I'll put a link to the actual poll in the show notes and encourage you to look at it but to me it's a legit poll that probably is a pretty darn good gauge of where Oregonians are on measure 110 right now the top line summary I believe is that Oregonians are open to repealing Measure 110 in whole or in part with significantly stronger support for repealing the measure in part, and that part being repealed would be the part that decriminalizes possession of small amounts of hard drugs. The thing to know about Measure 110, and if you read my stuff and if you've been keeping track of this in the, in the other more respected media... There's kind of two main parts of Measure 110. One is the part that decriminalizes possession of small amounts of hard drugs. The other is the part that shoves like $270 million in cannabis tax revenue into growing treatment for addicts. And not surprisingly, the decriminalization portion of the law of measure 110 is considerably less popular than the the measure as a whole, which is to say the measure including the funding for treatment. And I think that's a salient issue and one that we'll get into here as we go through this this poll. So you've probably seen some of the reporting on this, kind of top line numbers for this poll. A majority of voters, 56%, think measure 110 should be repealed completely, while 45% think it should be left as is. And now that's the complete repeal. When you ask them the question of whether parts should be repealed and the part to be repealed being the decriminalization provision, a larger more majority, 64%, think parts should be repealed, while only 36% think it should be left as is. So you can see you've got an eight-point bump when you go from total repeal to just repealing part of the, part of the, the bill or the law rather. And I think that's probably just the tip of the iceberg in terms of the actual political relevance of trying to take down the whole thing versus taking down, down the, just the decriminalization part. And that's the, uh, I'll get into that in more detail here in a bit. A majority, 54% of voters think measure 110 has increased homelessness in their communities while 38% think the measure has no impact on homelessness, and 8% think the measure has decreased homelessness. I'd love to meet those 8%. When asked if they thought Measure 110 makes the community safer or less safe, half of voters, 50%, say the measure makes the community much less safe. Well, 50% say it it makes it less safe. 33% say much less safe. 17% say somewhat less safe. 20% of voters say the measure makes the community safer, 6% much safer, 14% somewhat safer. Voters were asked whether they were more or less likely to vote for a lawmaker if they voted to repeal Measure 110 in its entirety. 41% say they are more likely to vote for a lawmaker if they voted to repeal the measure. A third, 33%, say they are less likely to vote for that lawmaker. And 25% say it would not impact how they vote. Just briefly here, that's that's relevant because while Measure 110 was approved by the voters, and oftentimes that method of changing policy in Oregon ends up with amending the Oregon Constitution. So like Measure 5, which capped property taxes, for example, that was a constitutional amendment achieved by ballot measure. But Measure 110 is not a constitutional amendment. It's simply a statute that was enacted by vote of the people of Oregon, which means that there are two ways that Measure 110 could be revised or repealed. One is that the legislature could do it anytime. The legislature could convene and make any amendment they want to make to Measure 110. And if the governor signs it, then that becomes law. This does not need to go to a vote of the people in order for a change to be made to Measure 110. The belief that that is the case is false. However, you can make that change by just simply sending the issue to the voters, and that can can occur in one of two ways. One is that the legislature could refer the issue to the voters, and the other is that someone out there could gather a whole bunch of signatures and get the the ballot measure on the ballot for voters to, to vote on. So you've got those kind of procedural considerations. Is it going to be the legislature that's going to do it, or is it going to be a ballot measure that's going to do it? And I, I say that, is it going to be, not would it be, because I think that it is inevitable that there is going to be a major effort to get this thing at least significantly changed in the near future, certainly leading into next year's short session of the legislature. This issue is going to be live in front of legislators and potentially voters next year and hopefully sooner. But I think the writing's on the wall, and in part because of this poll, the writing's on the wall, that this thing is not going away as an issue as much as some might like it to. And there's there are efforts afoot to, you know, build a coalition to try to get the legislature to repeal and or revise significantly measure 110 and then with the threat of taking it to the voters if they don't to kind of try to cajole the legislators and Governor Kotek into supporting a more modest reform at the legislative le- level rather than facing a more, a more significant change potentially at the ballot box sometime next year. So that's kind of where we stand procedurally and something to keep in mind as we go through the rest of this poll. So breaking this down one of the things that is kind of fun to look at in polling if you're weird like I am is the cross tabs. So what you what you usually see reported when a poll comes out is the top what we call the top line numbers. So that is You know, the percentage that favors repeal versus the percentage that opposes it. And that's just all, that's a sample that uses the entire sample size to reach those numbers. But you can learn a lot more in addition to those numbers by digging into the crosstabs. And the crosstabs are basically running the yes, no on repeal through a filter of various demographic questions that the pollster also asks the respondent. So, for example, they ask them, What race do you identify with? So, we know, at least within this sample size, how different racial groups react to the question of repeal or don't repeal. The response is pretty interesting. I'll just start with these numbers. When the question is, Measure, measure 110 should be repealed completely, Hispanic or Latinos say 67%, yes, it should be repealed completely. Only 33% say Measure 110 should be left as is. Black or African-American, 64% say Measure 110 should be repealed completely. 36% say that Measure 110 should be left as is. So both Hispanic and Black respondents in the range of 65% support completely repealing Measure 110 in its entirety. And then you get to the white or Caucasian is where Measure 110 finds a considerable amount of additional support. Measure 110 should be repealed completely white or Caucasian. 53.5% say yes, and 46.5% say no. So there's a, a at least a, a 10% Race gap, if you will, since we talk about these things, in terms of white respondents favoring Measure 110 over black and Hispanic respondents, which is kind of funny because when Measure 110, the supporters of Measure 110, sold it as a way to stop kind of systemic racism from punishing black and Latino people with these harsh drug sentences it was sold as a way to protect those communities and even out the playing field well those communities now relative to white people don't like what they're being offered in measure 110 that's a salient term to the degree that this becomes you know a fight in the legislature or a fight in a ballot measure surely we will see those claims made again about the racial effect of drug decriminalization or recriminalization. And this poll indicates that, in fact, those folks who are members of those those groups actually oppose Measure 110 significantly more than, than white people do. And the difference is even more stark when you get to the question of repealing part of Measure 110. And this is, again, part of Measure 110 should be repealed that brings back penalties for the possession of small amounts of hard drugs. And again, this is quite simply, you leave the rest of the measure intact, that leaves the funding intact, et cetera, uh, but you get rid of the decriminalization. And here's how this breaks down. For Hispanic and Latinos, 79.4%, so nearly 80%, support repealing the decriminalization component of Measure 110, only 20% oppose that proposition. Blacks and African Americans, 74% support repealing the decriminalization component of Measure 110. Only 26% oppose that proposition. And then why it's even even here, you you open up a pretty big split, 61% say that parts of it should be repealed, and 39% say... It should be left as is. So that's how you get to those pretty resounding favorable numbers for repealing parts of Measure 110 that are in those top line numbers. But again, you see this this gap, this race gap even growing. You've got 18 points between whites and Hispanics. You've got 13 points between whites and blacks on that issue. So whites are, are definitely much more kind of attached to Measure 110 than those two racial groups, which, again, is, I think, salient to what will be a public fight about about whether 110 should stick around or not. Moving on to education. So there's a lot of people who think, and I think there's some justification for this, that in the current political world, which has changed a lot in the last, say, eight years in particular, that Educational achievement is maybe the best indicator of political affiliation. So, and in the, in the standard usually goes that the more education you have, the more likely you are to be a Democrat. And that didn't used to be the case; it is now very much the case. And some of those numbers do kind of carry out here in this poll. When asked, this is just on the on the right direction, wrong track question. So they. This pollster asked, do you think that Oregon is on the right direction or the wrong track? Common question from pollsters. Overall, the numbers were 42% said right direction, 58% said wrong direction. If you dig into the partisan cross tabs, as you might expect, Republicans overwhelmingly think we're headed in the wrong direction. Democrats are actually surprisingly pretty split, but with a, a significant majority that thinks we're headed in the right direction makes you wonder those 40% or so of democrats who think we're headed in the wrong direction why do they keep voting the way they do but they do when you get to the educational attainment crosstab on right direction wrong track you see that the happiest people about the direction of Oregon Oregon is on are people with the highest education people with postgraduate or higher degrees so people like me 50% it's basically 50-50. 50% say we're in the right direction. 50% say wrong track. As you go down from there, college graduate, 45% say right direction. 54% wrong track. Associate's degree or some college, thirty-nine or 40% say right direction. 60% wrong track. Vocational technical school, 29% say right direction. 71% say wrong track. In high school or less, 39% right direction, 60% wrong track. I think that you see that bump in wrong track with vocational technical school in part because I think the folks that go into those those programs tend to do things that more conservative more conservative people do and that more males do, quite frankly, truck driving and, and other things like that. And males tend to be more conservative, more Republican etc but you can see that the only people that are even kind of evenly split on the on the right direction wrong track are the postgraduate or higher folks who are 50-50 but then you get, you get to this is really interesting to me you would think that postgraduates because they tend to be more left leaning in Oregon and elsewhere especially now they would have some pretty significant that they would favor measure 110 more than other education demographic groups, it's not really the way it works out. So postgraduate and higher, when they're asked whether Measure 110 should be repealed completely, 57% say yes, 43% say no. So you've got a 14-point spread amongst the people that are the most happy with the way Oregon is going. Overwhelmingly, these folks are Democrats but you've got in that highest educated demographic you've got a pretty solid majority favoring complete repeal of the of measure 110 same with college graduates 56% yes to repeal 44% no associates degree 48.5% repeal 51.5% no vocational technical school 63 to 36 high school or less, 60 to 40. When you change that to asking the question of whether Measure 110 should be repealed in part, and again, the part that would be repealed is the decriminalization part, so you'd be recriminalizing possession of small amounts of hard drugs. The postgraduates go even higher. 68% approve, 32% disapprove, so 68% would support partial repeal. College graduates, 60% support partial repeal. Associate's degree, 60%. Vocational technical school, 78%. And high school or less, 64%. When you look at the party cross tabs, not surprisingly, there's a fairly significant difference between Democrats and Republicans. Measure 110 should be repealed completely. So 42% of Democrats support that proposition. 58% know it should be left as is. Republicans, 73% say Measure 110 should be repealed completely. 27% say it should be left as is. So you see even in that number, there's a lot of Republicans out there who probably don't understand this issue particularly well yet. There hasn't been like a a big public kind of, paid media effort to drive down Measure 110 favorables. I think that you'd see a lot of those 27% Republicans who say they want to keep 110 as it should be, they would flip once they're exposed to that kind of that kind of media. Because right now it's basically people like me and other jokers that are saying bad things about Measure 110. So you really have to be kind of in the know to a degree to, to understand what the effects of Measure 110 have been. I think you'd see those Republican numbers shift considerably in the context of a, of a funded public campaign. When you shift the question to partial repeal, so again, repealing just the decriminalization part, Democrats, 53% support recriminalizing small amounts of hard drugs, 47% oppose... So all of that is to say that there's pretty wide demographic support for repealing at least part of Measure 110. It's, it's an issue that mostly appeals to Republicans. The overwhelming majority of Republicans support repealing Measure 110 in whole or in part, and a fairly significant percentage of Democrats, including well-educated Democrats who are probably less likely to change their minds are in favor of it. And those numbers surprised me. I thought that if anything, the postgraduates would be staunch supporters of Measure 110, and they're not. A lot of them, a significant majority of them want to repeal Measure 110 in part, and a significant majority want to repeal it in full, which is a good sign for those folks who do want to see it repealed in in whole or in part. One kind of note of caution for those who want to repeal Measure 110, this one question that goes, say a lawmaker voted to repeal Measure 110 in its entirety, would that make you more likely to vote for this lawmaker, less likely to vote for them, or would it make no difference on your vote? So when you break that down by party, Republicans, 61% say it would make them more likely to vote for a candidate who supported repeal in full, 16% less likely. So obviously Republicans want their legislators to vote to repeal. That's that's not a surprise. The concerning number is among Democrat voters. 25% say it would make them more likely to vote for a legislator. 45% say it would make them less likely. The remainder, 30%, say it would have no effect. So it's that number that is the biggest hurdle to Getting the Democrats who control the legislature and the governor to take a swipe at, the, at this thing in the legislature, because they're going to be concerned about a primary from their left, from someone who's going to get out there and say that these guys voted to repeal Measure One Ten, which is a you know the way to fix this problem. They want to punish addicts rather than help them, and kind of that whole that whole thing. And so that's a number that if this thing is going to get attacked significantly in the legislature, that's a number that's got to change because there's going to be too many Democrats who are scared of taking on their base, a significant portion of which still likes measure 110 because of the way districts are drawn anymore in Oregon. you're more vulnerable, frankly, in a lot of these cases, you know in a primary than you are in a general election, because the Democrat districts tend to be pretty darn Democrat. The Republican districts tend to be pretty darn Republican. So once you have your party's nomination, usually you're good in most of these districts. But that number where 45% of Democrat voters say they'd be less likely to vote for a legislator who voted to repeal Measure 110, that's a, a scary number for any Democrat who might be looking at trying to repeal or partially repeal now it's important to note that that question is only on full repeal so we don't know what the what the numbers would be if people asked if a pollster asked democrats you know would you be more or less likely to vote for someone who voted for partial repeal of measure 110 so getting rid of the decriminalization part that question was not was not asked by the pollster in this case it would i think that based on the other numbers it's probably more it's probably closer to even would be just my guess based on how the other questions came out. But that question wasn't asked. And it's, you know, kind of all to say that from a kind of strategic standpoint, if this thing is going to get changed significantly, the best way to do it, in my opinion, and this is something I've written about, is to attack the decriminalization part for a couple of reasons. One is the polling that we've just talked about. That the numbers are just much stronger with a partial repeal it's just a lot easier to win that It's going to be you, you have a much better chance of getting the legislature to take it on and if it does end up going to the ballot, you have a much better chance of of winning that ballot measure race than if you're going for a full repeal. The other reason is that these numbers won't stay static and if you go for full repeal, then the organizations and groups and people who benefit financially from Measure 110, one might call it the Measure 110 industrial complex, they're going to mobilize. And they might mobilize anyway, but they're really going to mobilize if you try to take away their money. They're going to fund a campaign. There will be a funded campaign either way against you know an effort to significantly change Measure 110 but if you go at the money you you not only motivate those folks to really get involved you also give them the talking point that you know this measure or this bill would defund treatment in Oregon by 270 million dollars a year which everyone knows we need better treatment right so then the people that are in favor of the modification of measure 110 are put in a position of having to defend why we're defunding Treatment at this moment. That's not a position that you want to be in. And I, th- I think that strategically, the better move is just to move against the decriminalization. I think you do want to put some guardrails on the spending because we know that the spending has been poorly managed and we know that it's a mess. It's a total mess, but you don't want to retract that funding. You know, you could put it under direct legislative management for example you could hold it in abeyance until you've got the wherewithal to spend it appropriately i think it'd be smart to take out the the provision that require that that mentions that the funding should be prioritized toward harm reduction measures so like needle exchanges and the boofing stuff we've talked about you can modify that stuff without touching the dollar figure and i think that'd be the the better way to go to really get at the heart of this issue, and I do think that the heart of the problem in Measure 110 is that it decriminalized. That's what's causing the negative effects. The money is bad. The stuff it's going for is bad. It's just not going to work to go after that funding in any serious way right now. You just need to build guardrails around it so that it's not wasted in the way that it is. But you really want to go after the decriminalization. And these numbers in this poll, I think, show that the public is there, they're there. They're, they want this thing repealed, especially when you do the partial repeal. And I think a focused campaign to try to get the legislature to do a partial repeal uh, backed up by a ballot measure if they won't, I think there's a pretty darn good chance of success. And the, the good thing is, you know, that if, if that fails, what you're doing is you're putting Democrats in the legislature in the position of having to defend that vote, having to defend a vote against partial decriminalization or, pardon me, partial repeal and recriminalization of hard drugs, which is a proposition that the vast majority of voters support, you put them in a position of having to do that in an election year, that puts a lot of pressure on them and maximizes the likelihood that you can get the legislature to do a partial repeal without having to send it to the voters and everything that that entails. I hope you enjoyed listening to me prattle on about the details of this poll. I think it's it's important it was important for to spend this time on it cuz I write a lot about, you know, measure 110 and how bad it sucks and people comment and email me saying, well, what should we do about it? What can we do about it? Is anything going to change? And I think something is going to change and this poll suggests that it that it will and it can, it's just a matter of how best and how quickly to effectuate that. Because the the fact is people are dying every day because of this stupid thing. And there needs to be a change as soon as possible to stop the carnage To in this experiment that Oregon is undergoing and that has clearly failed in the eyes of everyone except those that are most kind of ideologically committed to drug decriminalization and or profit from the measure. In general, I think poll is good news for those of us who want to see the thing repealed in whole or in part. hope you enjoyed that, and we will call it good with that. If you have not yet subscribed to the Oregon Roundup podcast and newsletter, you can do that at oregonroundup.substack.com. If you haven't subscribed to the podcast on your podcast app of choice, be that Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, et cetera, please do that there as well. So you'll still get the emails, but you also will just get it directly into your feed and it'll help all those people that are out there wanting to listen to podcasts about Measure 110 and other stuff going on in Oregon. It makes them makes it easier for us to find on those platforms. Appreciate your listening. Appreciate your, your reading. I hope you have a great weekend. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening to the Roundup Podcast. To share your thoughts with Jeff, you can email him at jeff at oregonroundup.com. You can also subscribe to his newsletter at oregonroundup.substack.com.